welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Shepard, along with my good friend, Artemis Brower. Artie, just the two of us. How are we doing, my yeah. friend? Just the two of us. Building castles in the sky. Just the two of us. I'm good, brother. <laughs> you remember when we used to sing good, before man. we came I'm on good. this thing? Yeah. Hootie hoo! Man, those were the days. Excited to be back, though, brother. Excited to be back. Excited. Look, hey, look, it's it's the original. Look, as long as we got the original cast members, then everything's peachy. So exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, good good to be here with you, buddy. Um, yeah, I mean, another week has gone by, meaning we're another week closer to East Carolina football. I mean, we're probably pushing close to forty days. Um, Ooh. I mean, honestly, God, pushing close to thirty so days. I mean, so think about it. Think about it. On Tuesday, it'll be uh, or Wednesday, it'll be one month until until game day. Ooh. So uh, we we're we're getting close, getting close. Um, excited for this football season, but we got a lot to talk about, a lot to break down on this episode of the Boneyard Podcast, the premier podcast of Pirate Nation, y'all. We're proud to be members of the Variety Sports Podcast Network. Go check them out. Lots of great content. They're coming out with their uh, their NFL podcast here soon again. That's getting fired back up. Baseball season's in full swing. Make sure you follow Fat Boy Fade Away. Um, they're putting out a lot of great sports content. Uh, and also, Variety Sports Collegiate. Um, a lot of other college podcasts out there. If you want to check it out, maybe maybe you got another team that you like to pull for every once in a while. Um, there's some other podcasts out there. Go check them out. Uh, yeah. But Artie. Episode number 155. 155. Yes, sir. You have a 55 for me? I do have a 55. And, you know, we only bring out chalk on special occasion, right? But this is an occasion where I got to bring out chalk on this one just because it's one of my favorite football players growing up, one of my favorite linebackers growing up. Um, A legend. He's no longer with us, sadly, but an absolute legend. That is one. Junior Seau. Uh, Junior Seau, if you don't know who Junior Seau is, go go Google him for all the young kids out there that don't know who I'm talking about. Go Google this man. He's one of the absolute best all-around defensive players, linebackers to ever race a football field. Uh, Profile Hall of Famer, 12-time Pro Bowler, 8-time First Team All-Pro. Uh, just absurd. Defensive Player of the Year, NFL Man of the Year back in 94. He's on the um, the 100th anniversary all-time team on the 90s decade team, all-decade team. Just an absolute stud of a man, stud of a football player, stud of a person, just one of the absolute greatest to ever do. And I had the pleasure of actually watching a little bit of Junior Seau uh, growing up. So that's that's my number 55 for the week, Junior Seau. That's a good one. That, that's a good one. I almost, almost went there, but um, I decided, I guess mine, I guess, could be considered chalk. I don't consider it chalk just because, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, he, he's one of my favorite non-Braves to ever mm-hmm. play the game. Um, and look, the, I'm somebody – I hate I hate the Yankees. Um, but it does But it's a guy that growing up, like, to me, he, he was one of the best hitters. Um, growing up, and I, I loved watching him. He's a Hall of Famer, two-time All-Star, World Series champ, uh, World Series MVP in 2009, left fielder, center fielder, designated hitter, Hideki Matsui. Um, yeah, ah, I mean, yeah, not not a not a super long career, but um, one that he's in the Hall of Fame. I, I didn't think he was in the Hall of Fame, but I guess maybe he is. Maybe maybe it's for uh. His, his time in the Japanese leagues, but um, let me check that because it says he is here, but never trust uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, right. Unless you, you, know, people unless you gotta say, <laughs> let, me, let me check that up. Is he a hall? Of, is he a hall of famer? Nickname I mean, Godzilla. Hideki Matsui is definitely a very famous name. I know he's a you know he's an all-time great. He's a great baseball player. So 
usually when you when you're a household name, you know, it's either because you're really great or you're really bad. And I know he's not really bad. So Okay, this doesn't say he's a Hall of Famer. He, maybe he's a baseball Hall of Famer, but not an MLB Hall of Famer. Not an MLB Hall of Famer. I think there's a distinction. Okay. Uh, I mean, looking at it, his 282 batting average, 175 home runs, twelve over 1,200 hits. Um, and that's just in a nine-year span, 21.2 uh, war. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess he wasn't a Hall of Famer. Played for uh, the Yankees, Oakland, the Angels, and finished off his career with Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, and he finished second in Rookie of the Year voting uh, his rookie year in 2003. But, yeah, overall, I mean, I, I think I, don't know, I, I always he was he was always one of the guys that I, I like to watch and pull for growing up. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, that's my number 55, Hideki Matsui. Uh, let's say Hideki Matsui. Chasui. Um, <laughs> cool. Artie, lots of big news yeah. going on in the ECU basketball. What? <laughs> Did I do something? Do I got something on my face? Are the people watching us on YouTube going to be laughing? Oh no! I, well, they're, they're always laughing. At I, me. I, I didn't know, huh? Yeah, they're I mean, always laughing know, at me. That's that's normal procedure. I mean, that's hey, it comes with the territory. They don't call me big sexy for nothing. Hey, this is true. This is true. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk about a little bit of the stuff that's going on in the basketball world for ECU. Uh, two major announcements this week. For men's and women's basketball, uh, we had we had the announcement a couple weeks ago, I believe, maybe a couple months ago at this point. Time time is a circle, Artie. I, I really I've, I've lost all track of time since becoming a dad. Um, I'm sure you have. ECU basketball is going to play South Carolina. Men and women are going to play South Carolina this year. Men are going to play Ooh. in a neutral site game in Greenville, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the better Greenville, Greenville, North Carolina. That's not true. That's not true. I don't want to confuse the people out there. They know that's not true. <laughs> I mean, Artie. Greenville, hey, look, South Carolina. I, I, I have lived in Greenville, North Carolina, and I've also visited Greenville, South Carolina and spent the night nope. overnight there. And I can I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, Greenville, South Carolina is a much better city than Greenville, North Carolina. Not even. Close. I mean, I'll give you Greenville, South Carolina is a great place to visit. I loved it. It's a beautiful city. Beautiful, beautiful. city. Yeah, they got the they got the river and the waterfall going right through the middle of the city. Like, it's, it's I, I remember there's this place that had a uh, bourbon tasting, and it was free bourbon tasting, and that was, mm, that was that was not a good idea to to drink that much <laughs> bourbon. Before I needed to drive home, so we uh I had to make my wife drive home from from Greenville, South Carolina. But we we did just we did just a one night stay and it was a good little getaway. Maybe I don't even know if we were married at that point when we visited Greenville. But um, nonetheless, I mean that's one of the towns. I will say that's one of the places that I thought that if we were to ever move away from Winston Salem, North Carolina, Greenville. I could see myself living in Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah. It's a nice, charming southern town. Southern city, really. It's, it's a city. Yep. So, well, anyways, men are going to play the Gamecocks in Greenville, South Carolina. But, Artie, the women, the women are going to play the Gamecocks in Greenville, North Carolina. Boy, We're oh talking boy. about a team that won the national championship in what the last five years. Yeah, they've they've got two under their belt. I mean, that's a that's a big time program to come into Minji's Coliseum. That's, Look, yeah, we've all been there. We've been there for for the East TU UConn games of past. Yep, we've been there. 
but this this is a little bit different now that UConn's not in in our conference. This is a non-conference matchup, and South and South Carolina is coming into Greenville, North Carolina, to take on your defending American Athletic Conference champions, the East Carolina Pirates. Artie, what are you, what are your thoughts? I mean, look, man, they 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 give you a little clout, then they give you all the smoke, right? I mean, ECU's coming off a great season. Coming off a conference championship, coming off an NCAA tournament appearance, and I'm like, oh, okay, y'all think y'all something? Here's South Carolina. Like here, here is the standard of women's basketball. Here's Dawn Staley. Here is USC in all its glory coming down. We're gonna we're gonna see what you guys have made. Look, I this is not even close. This is the biggest game in our women's basketball program history. The fact that we're hosting a team like South Carolina in Greenville, um, you know. That, without doubt, this – understand this is the biggest game in our, in our women's program history. It is. It's, it's just the biggest – you know, you have the best coach in women's basketball, in my opinion, Don Staley. You have the program that every women's basketball program should try to model themselves after right now. It's, it's, UConn is still the standard, too. They're, they're, they're still there, and Geno's still there. Um, but what South Carolina has built in the last five or ten years is absolutely incredible, and I – I would honestly love to be able to get to this game. This this is this is one of like a bucket list game that I want to get to. ECU, South Carolina, in Greenville. That is going to be awesome. Now, the matchup itself, not gonna lie, I'm not looking forward to it. I don't think our program is there yet to be able to deal with a with a juggernaut like like you know SC. But our girls are gonna be good. Our, our women, I shouldn't say girls, our women are going to be good again. They're going to be right there. They're going to be in the thick of it. They're going to be in a fight. And I think they'll they'll put up a fight against a South Carolina that comes in. Mm. Paint it purple, baby. Paint it purple. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why the hell not, Artie? It, it was our mantra when, when ECU was going through the American. Why not us? Once again, Amaya Joyner back. This team, I mean, it's bringing a lot of talent back. And Coach McNeil, the fact that she was able to keep a lot of that talent in yeah. Greenville, North Carolina. Oh, they can the definitely run it goal. Back. Yeah, they can run it I don't back. See, I don't see why anybody would pick anybody over ECU this year in, in women's. Yeah. USF's always pretty good. Like, ECU should be, in my opinion, ECU's a top two team on the women's side of the ball. Uh, going so, into this year. So let me ask you this then. Are we are we talking about a top 25 caliber program right now? Is that is that what we're talking about? Why the hell about? not? Basketball team? Why the hell not? Like, that is that is whoo. Are we talking about I mean, a top 25 right here? Are we talking about a, a legit contender? I mean the the non-conference schedule, the the non-conference schedule hasn't come out yet. But yeah. you gotta think if if you've got South Carolina coming in. And on the men's side, you, you've got you're playing South Carolina and Florida. That's the other big news. The men, the men are playing South Carolina and Florida, and I think those games are going to be back to back, going back to back. Hashtag Drake. Um, <laughs> what, Artie? Nah, you're just funny, man. <laughs> I'm funny. It's just funny. <laughs> Hashtag Drake. <laughs> Stopwhitepeople.com. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. Um, Any, anyways, I mean, you're playing Florida and South Carolina. If, you got to think if John Gilbert and and Stafford's getting these teams lined up on the men's side, the women's side are are going to be doing the same thing. Hey, I mean, give me a Tennessee. Could you? What if ECU Tennessee and ECU South Carolina this year? Why not? Why not? Why not? I mean, we got our coach from Tennessee. Why not? Coach from Tennessee, ADs from Tennessee. It only yeah. makes sense. It only makes sense. I mean, I don't know. That that would be huge. I, and I already, that, I, I'll go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you take the floor. I, I was just gonna say, like, I, I love, I love how we're like we're actually like our non-conference in basketball is actually starting to like go out like we realize okay we have to start playing legitimate competition in our non-conference again you have to have some of those gimmies 
have to have those those smaller programs and smaller schools so you can build up your resume a little bit, kind of get your footing. But also the non-conference is about trying to schedule some legit quality opponents to not only see where your program is, but to try to get your program better too, right? So like I'm, I'm happy to see that basketball is actually scheduling these like legit non-conference opponents. So yeah, for sure. Um, and already I just looking, I'm looking ahead, mm-hmm. right? And we know that in the landscape of college athletics right now, you've got to be, you've got to always be scheduling top tier opponents, not only in basketball, not only in baseball, but also in football, right? And ECU's done a traditionally done a pretty good job of that. They have traditionally brought in some big time names, played them, done two and ones, one and ones, home and homes, whatever you want to call them. ECU's done them. And we've done one with Florida. We Florida didn't come to Greenville, but played them in football a couple several years ago. We've yeah. done it with South Carolina. Used to do it with Virginia Tech. We all know the story there. We've right. done it with South Carolina or with North Carolina and, and uh with NC State, of course. We've got Wake Forest on the schedule. Yep. I mean, you got App State on the schedule, Boise State on the schedule. I I would I wonder already. Looking ahead, okay, so the next time that East Carolina plays an SEC opponent in football is in 2027. Wow. Okay. That's the next time that ECU plays an SEC opponent in football. That's South Carolina. That's the only one we got on our – South Carolina. That's the only one we got left on our schedule. For, until I mean, and our schedule's got teams on it until twenty thirty one. So just looking ahead, I mean these th- these games get scheduled a decade in advance a lot of the time. I wonder if scheduling South Carolina for men's and women's basketball. I wouldn't be surprised if there's an, an announcement in the, in the coming months. ECU South Carolina extend their series for football. Oh, Don't be that. surprised. Would love that. Don't be surprised Absolutely. if if John Gilbert goes after and, and goes out and signs some deals with, with other SEC teams. Because look, he's from the SEC. He comes from the SEC. He knows these guys personally. I'm sure he's probably calling some of them and being like, hey, we got an open date on our schedule in 2025. Open date on our schedule in 2026. Open date on our schedule in 2028. Two dates in 2029. Three dates in 2030. Three dates in 2031. Why not? I mean, that, that'd be, that's what he should be doing. I mean, th- think about this, Artie. In 2025, you got one more open date. And I doubt, I doubt he goes after an SEC team. I mean, you got three pretty big F- FBS opponents in 2025. You got to go on the road, start on the road at NC State. Then you've got uh, the week two open against – you got an open date week two. And then you've got a game scheduled on week three on the road at Marshall. Week mm-hmm. four, BYU comes into Greenville. Then 2026, already. Uh, week one, home, App State. Week two, on the road, go out to Boise, Idaho, play on the blue turf, Boise State. Week three, West Virginia. So my guess is they're probably going to try to add an FCS opponent there. But why not? Why the hell not? Also, I mean, like keep keep the door open for a Big Ten school as well. I mean, hopefully this this game with Michigan keeps keeps the door open for maybe scheduling with a, with another Big Ten program, right? I mean, those those are two classes of, of football right now: SEC, Big Ten. So not just the SEC. I wouldn't mind seeing another Big Ten uh, team get scheduled. I mean, well, schedule a game with Maryland. Facts, Maryland. Put a Rutgers on Penn there. State? I, would, I wouldn't even mind getting Rutgers. A, Rutgers to me feels like a win. 
I wouldn't even mind getting the Rutgers on there. Rutgers and Maryland feel like a win. Yeah, like, I mean, come on. Get a Big Ten team on there. What's up, Nebraska? Nebraska might be good, though. Nebraska might they, – they might be – I don't care. Yeah, but that, they, that's they all right. I mean, I feel like you could beat West Virginia. I feel yeah. like you could beat West Virginia. I feel like you can beat Boise State. I feel like you could beat App State. Why not? Why not go after a, a big time Big Ten SEC school? I mean, even the Big Twelve. Even I mean, why not like an Iowa State, a Baylor, Baylor Tech? Well, I guess Texas is going to the SEC. Yeah. Um. I mean. I, I think I've always thought that uh, scheduling like Ole Miss, it's like we, we're doing it for baseball. Ole Miss, ECU. That feels right, honestly. Ole Miss, ECU. That, it feels, does. feels like a matchup that, that's supposed to happen. Tennessee, ECU. I don't know. Already, real quick about Tennessee. Did you see Jeremy Pruitt is now a, a high school PE teacher in Alabama? I did not see that. No, I did not. Well, he is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that was funny when I saw it. Um, That's <laughs> I'm going to leave that man alone. <laughs> I'm not going to say nothing. <laughs> I mean, wow. honestly, but look, I'm, I'm looking at like 2027 at South Carolina, home against Wake Forest, at Old Dominion. Home against Georgia State. 2028, I mean, home against NC State. Home against Boise State. On the road, right five minutes down from my house at Wake Forest. We've got some great non-conference games every year. Just great. I mean, next year we got Old Dominion, App State, and Liberty. 2029, Old Dominion and Liberty. I don't know. Artie, you know the first game when we were when we were students at East Carolina? Could you get can you tell me who the first game was? You you you're asking me something that happened 10 years ago. No, nah, I honestly forgot. T- and I was, take, probably, I was probably there. I was probably at the game. I want to say it was um it had to have been either Old Dominion, uh Norfolk, uh Norfolk State, or like it was Old Dominion. It was Old Dominion. Yeah, yeah. Take a wild guess. At, take a wild guess at, at the score of that game. Oh God! Now you ask me something I actually do not know, because I was at that game, but I do not remember. I don't even remember if we won. To be honest with you, that was the year we went ten and three. So I'm going to say that we won. Okay, yeah, that's right. We yeah, I, I forget how good we were back in the day. My our freshman sophomore year, we were actually really, really good. <laughs> Football. I, I'm looking. I'm looking at our 2013 schedule, Artie, and we were – we talked about all the near misses last year. We got spoiled, and, and, we had, and we had some heartbreaks that year that we probably should have won, but we still got spoiled. We lost – I remember family weekend, Virginia Tech, 15 to 10. Yeah. Then. That was the game we shot. I remember that game because we shot ourselves in the foot on every opportunity. We were like we outclassed Virginia Tech. We were clearly the better team than Virginia Tech, and we just shot ourselves in the foot. I remember that game. And then we lost three weeks later in overtime on the road at Tulane. Thirty-six, mm. thirty-three in overtime. Then. uh I remember then we won out the rest of the year and lost uh lost the last week of the season got just absolutely slaughtered at Marshall. That that was on that was on Black Friday. I remember cuz I was working at Best Buy and keeping keeping an eye on the game in my you know, on my phone. But the week before that, I mean the week before that is I mean, the day we East Carolina took over Carter Finley Stadium. 
and the purple and gold chants were were going on. I I was at a uh, that night. I went to. I didn't go to that game. I went to a. Uh, I went. I went to a concert, Florida Georgia Line, that night in Greensboro, oh, North Carolina. That that the reason I went there instead of the game, guys. That was my girlfriend, now wife's birthday. So yeah, uh, could have missed that one. Freshman in in college. I mean, we beat Carolina. Blew out state. Blew out Carolina. N- narrowly lost to Virginia Tech. Which I mean, Virginia Tech that year was. I feel like they were pretty good. I mean, they were eight and yeah, five. Five. I was about to say that. Five. that was, was still decent. Still like a national brand. That kind of thing. The, I mean, they they lost to Alabama. They played Alabama week one, and then uh, they lost to Duke that year. Lost to Boston College. Fuck Boston College. And lost to Maryland. Yeah, we got we got spoiled. We definitely got spoiled. That was that was the B four Brady's year. We went, went to the B four Brady's Bowl, won that. Yep, I remember that. So, yeah, that what taking a walk down memory lane. Wow, those were twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen were, were good years. Absolutely, to be a pirate. I mean, it's always good to be a. It's always a great day to be a pirate. But 2013, man. I mean, there were games where I mean, we beat UAB 63 to 14, beat NC State 42 to 28, Carolina 55 to 31. I was at that game. Yeah, at yeah Chapel these Hill. were blowout games. A lot of these were blowout games. I mean, when I say we got spoiled, ECU wasn't just good. We were blowing teams out. That Thursday night, September 5th against Florida Atlantic, that's the game Justin Hardy made that insane Odell Beckham Jr. catch that got called back when it was it was a catch. It was a catch. The real ones know. The real ones know, Artie. All right, let's get back on track. Let's do it. Okay. ECU, men and women playing SEC opponents in basketball. That's huge. That is huge. Um Anything else on that, Artie? Nah, honestly, I think that's it. I'm I'm honestly excited to get to the uh, to the. This is for the first time in a long time, maybe the first time ever. I'm actually really excited for both men's and women's basketball to see how we how we're going to be. So, yeah, uh, I'm excited as well. Um, media day, Artie, or it was media week. I guess uh, it's two days. We were going to have an yeah. interview. Um, we were we were going to have an interview, talk about media day, but unfortunately schedules didn't work out. We'll get them on sometime soon. Um, ECU was picked to finish sixth in the American RD. Your thoughts. Um, it's, it's not too far from where I actually have them. Cause I do have them fifth. I have, I have ECU at fifth. So it's, it's not like I'm, I'm that shocked. That they have ECU basically middle of the pack, middle of the road. Basically, what what they're when you know when you put in team six and there's fourteen teams, you're basically saying it could be a little better, could be a little worse, but we think they're gonna be right there in the middle. So it doesn't really shock me that that they're sitting at six. I think at best ECU will finish third, fourth in the American this year. I think that's at best. I, I don't I don't think they're gonna compete uh, with a Tulane or UTSA for the conference championship. Um, but I, I do think best case scenario, eight wins, finishing third or fourth in the conference. So it doesn't shock me that preseason are predicted six. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's reasonable. Um, let, let's go through. Let's go through the poll. Let's, let's go it. through the poll now. Um, is there anything else on here? Yeah, I mean Tulane obviously picked first to win. Um, I, mean, I I think that Tulane is by far the best team in the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I I don't I don't relative I don't think it's even relatively close that Tulane's the number one team in the conference. I I, I do think UTSA um, is number two or three, but yeah. it, this is what. 
the American Athletic Conference preseason poll says. Tulane, UTSA. So mm-hmm. Tulane received 21st place votes. UTSA received nine. Yeah. SMU received thir- three, and they're in third. Memphis received one first place vote. They're in fourth. Florida Atlantic, East Carolina, North Texas, UAB. Whoever voted for UAB to finish first. <laughs> I do see they got one first place vote. That, that's like Vandy got three first place votes in the SEC. Well, look, they, they think that UAB's, uh, UAB's got Trent Dilfer now, so they think it's going to be like a Dilfer effect, I guess. He's just going to skyrocket to first place. It's not going to happen. UAB worth about the same as a Dilfer dime. Um, <laughs> the Navy is picked ninth, Temple 10th, Tulsa 11th, Rice 12th, South Florida 13th, and then in-state rival. At least that's what the American wants us to be. Don't do that. Don't, don't, even, don't, even, don't even say that. I don't even want to start that whole, no. No, 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 no. That's what the American wants. Do you uh do you see uh Biff Poggy? Is that how you say his name? Head coach at Charlotte, former mm-hmm. assistant head coach at Michigan. Do you see what uh happened with him in, in his press conference? I didn't I saw I saw what Dilfer said. I didn't see what he said. Um, so Biff, head coach for Charlotte, only got asked three questions <laughs> in his in his media day um, press conference. And uh, he, I don't have the direct quote here, but basically said three questions. That's it. Three damn questions. And basically said, we'll take note of that. Um, I don't know. I look, I'm sorry. I mean, as, as a head, you're the coach, last place team. But 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 he should feel slighted and he should feel that way and he should use it as motivation. No, that doesn't mean Charlotte's going to be good. This is fantasy camp for Charlotte. It's fantasy but camp for Charlotte. I'm sorry. You should absolutely use that as motivation. Absolutely. And they are projected to finish last. They should finish last. But you you should you should absolutely use that as motivation. Artie, you want to go through our our our. Uh... Our rankings. Yes. I will I will let you take a stab at it. I'll then I will reveal we voted in, in the sidelines American Athletic Conference uh podcast poll, I guess. I, I don't know who all was in it. I know there were other podcasts, I know there were other sidelines and other media outlets in it. Um I'll let you reveal yours first and then I, I did this, this was mine. That I submitted for for this poll, so I'll, I'll let you give yours and then I'll give mine. Yeah, my mine's not too different than what the original poll is. I do have some 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 mix ups here. Um, obviously, Tulane at one, UTSA at two, SMU at three. So my my actually my top four are the same. Tulane, UTSA, SMU, Memphis are all the same. I do think those four teams um, will be at the top. Then I've got ECU at five. Um, I don't have Florida Atlantic over East Carolina. I don't. I don't see Florida Atlantic having a better season. East Carolina. I could also see East Carolina jumping Memphis. That's why I could see ECU finishing, um, you know, at four. If SMU has a dramatically bad season, I could see ECU jumping to three. Uh, but that's my top five. And then I got F- FAU, Florida Atlantic at six, uh, UAB at seven, North Texas at eight, uh, Tulsa at nine, uh, Navy at ten. Temple 11, Rice at 12, South Florida, and then Charlotte. I got to, I was thinking Rice would, you know, maybe Rice's Rice and Charlotte would be battling for that that bottom two seed or that bottom seed there, but I do think South Florida still is not there yet and will probably be a little worse than Rice. So I got South Florida then Charlotte as my bottom two. But that's that's my list. That's that's my American. All right. I'll, I'm gonna say this first about South Florida. I, I think that South Florida is one of the sleeper teams in the American. I'm not saying that they're going to finish top five. I don't think they'll even finish top. I don't even think they finish in the top seven in the top half. Maybe eight or nine. But I I have them at eight. 
have USF at eight. I, okay. I just I I put a lot of weight on the schools that are have been in the American for a while. Um look, okay, I'll 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 reveal mine. I have first Tulane. Okay. Uh, I think that's pretty pretty easy. Like I said, I, I put a lot of stock in teams that have been in the American for a while. So yeah. I went number two with SMU. Um I just I just think that their schedule's favorable. Three, I have UTSA. Four, remember, I said ECU beats two of the three Tulane, SMU, UTSA. And here's why I have ECU at four is because of that. And I, I think I don't think there's many games outside of those games in conference that aren't winnable. I, I think that if you win two out of three of those games, I think you could win, honestly, the rest of them. Um, those are your three toughest games in conference on your schedule. So that's why, and I, I, I still think ECU is better than Memphis. Um, ECU and Memphis don't play each other, but when you look at the last two years, ECU has beat Memphis both years in, in overtime, granted. But I still am putting ECU ahead of Memphis. ECU has a lot. ECU has a lot to to replace on offense, and we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But I that that's I, I still think that that there's a very high ceiling for this this program. For this team, and I don't think the floor is as low as other people have it. Ha- have it for ECU. Um, maybe that's just me being biased, but that that's my take. Five, I have Memphis. Six, UAB. Seven, Tulsa. Eight, USF. Nine, FAU. Ten, Temple. Eleven, North Texas. Twelve, Navy. Thirteen, Rice. Fourteen, Charlotte. So th- that that's my take. Yeah, I, our, our number one team is the same, and our and our bottom feeders the same. So <laughs> everybody else in the middle is going to figure it out. I mean, and I I think I said this in our in our group text already. I think there there's like four tiers in the American right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think one through three could be any any of those three. I think like four through seven could place anywhere. So I think ECU could finish anywhere between fourth and seventh. Yeah, it's crashy. Eight through 11, same thing. And then 12 through 14, I think could finish. Navy could finish last. I, I, I put it more into tiers, and that's how I do it. Look, I'm bullish on, on the Pirates this year. I, I think that there's a lot of unknown but i think that the talent is there so and these guys for the most part have been in the in the program and, and know the playbook they kn- they know what's going on they know the they know the culture so why not you gonna I, say I, something? I, yeah i was going to say I, I think that's the only thing we can bank on though is that there's a culture that has already been set at ECU right so the coaching staff is there the culture is there the expectations are there and yes we still have great talent on this team but would you say last year's roster was more talented than this year's? I mean, which which roster are you taking? You, you're going to take last year's. You don't, you don't got to think about it. You don't have to think about it. You're going to take last year's roster. I mean, last year when you when you look at the offense, yeah, I think last year's offense was more talented. I think there's more think athleticism. Last year's last year's offense was more talented. Yeah, that's why I just said that, Artie. But you said think. It, it yeah, I, I because I think Artie, I think. You should try last, it sometime. Last year's roster was it was it was more talented. Yeah, I yeah, I think I think I think that last year's roster was more talented on on offense. I and think they, that there's more I think there's more athleticism on defense, at least in the secondary. I don't think you're going to see these crazy shootouts like we saw at times last year. I th- also think that our, our defensive line is a lot of guys returning there. I think, yeah. which was was one of the top, I think, at top fifteen in rush defense last year. It's going to be the same this year. And then you then you add in some additional talent and athleticism on the back end on defense. 
I, I think defense is going to be good. Look, you lose whole nailers, that's tough. You lose Keaton Mitchell, that's tough. You lose C.J. Johnson and, and Isaiah Winston. We're about to get to that. We're going to preview our wide receivers here in a minute. Yeah. You lose those two. That's a lot of that's a lot of production to to replace, Artie. A lot of production to replace. But ECU is wide receiver. You there. You always got guys coming up. Look, you got two big time transfers coming in. Chase Sowell, Sowell. I'm probably butchering his name. Keelan Robinson coming in we'll talk more about them in a second but that that's my take and look marlon gunn last year carried a lot of the weight as at running back right right roger harris he's back healthy yeah he may not be the same roger harris he was last year before he tore his acl in, in that game against uh was that the game against south florida and boca raton um anyways that's beside the point. I, I do think that there's there's talent, but there's not as much proven talent. I I think that the ceiling for this offense, even without Keaton Mitchell, could be even higher than what last year we saw. And I I agree. And I think honestly, I think this roster is a little underrated. A, a little bit. And I, and I think the, the ceiling for this team at their best, fully healthy, could be something nice, right? Considering, but we considering, went five last year with a roster that we think is better than this year's roster. So to finish in the top four of the American this year means we're doing just as good as last year, if not better, which is eight plus wins. And but, I just don't know that we could have easily we could have easily had ten wins last year. We said it every year. <laughs> we we could have yeah, but last year we could have won that Artie, game. Artie, would you stop? Would you stop smacking your jaws and and let me talk? I, I've been listening to you talk. <laughs> I've been listening to you. You've been talking. I've let you have your moment. <laughs> you, all all I'm, all I'm saying, Artie. All I'm saying. Do I think last year we knew what we had? This year we don't. But I think that this year there's potential for an even bigger season. So so let me ask you this. Do you think – because I think that this is outside of his first year, I think this would be Mike Houston's most challenging year as the head coach of ECU football. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that, yes. Like I, I think this year is definitely – outside of his first year, we got to establish a culture and establish something. I, I mean, the COVID year, the COVID year had different, different stuff well, yeah, going we, on. But we, we throw out the COVID year, you throw that shit out. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, EC can finish between fourth and seventh. I, I haven't put, I'll put them at fourth just because I think that there's a lot of people that are, are I, I think this, this team is very underrated. Going in preseason, I, I think I a lot of people are sleeping on the Pirates. I won't disagree with that. I, I think there's a lot of people sleeping on the Pirates. Mason Garcia is going to be the real deal. Marlon Gunn, Rajay Harris are going to be good. Jalen Johnson's back. Josiah Hatfield, who was injured most of last year, he's back. He's 100% healthy. He, he's, I mean, we've seen him have great times at ECU, right? Um, then you bring in the wide receiver transfers. You replace... I mean, you can never fully replace C.J. Johnson or Isaiah Winstead, but you're going to find different ways to do it. Shane Calhoun, we talked about him last week. Shane Calhoun's going to be pretty good. I mean, I, I averages 10 yards per catch. He's got enough time under his belt that he knows what he's doing. Um, offensive line is, we said last year, the offensive line was pretty good. This year it's going to be just as good, if not better. And you got a you got another quarterback that's big, strong, and, and pretty mobile. I, I I see that there's a lot of potential in in this offense, but the thing is, is it's going to be a, a new looking offense compared to the last three years when you've had C.J. Johnson and and whole nailers doing their thing. Right. Um, but I also think that this defense. Is going to keep they're, us they're, in, they're in the ball games. 
Yeah, the, the defense is definitely, I think, going to take – especially the secondary. I think the front seven will be about the same, if not maybe a little bit better. Because, I mean, you can't get much better than a top 15 front seven <laughs> than we did a, did a year ago. You can't get really much better than that. But I definitely think the secondary is going to take a step forward. And, I mean, you can't you can't be any worse than what they were last year. Right, right. I mean, the secondary was cheeks last year. You let Kurt Warner's son throw all over you. So, um, you know, his daddy is an NFL Hall of Famer. So that that's my take, Artie. I think that there's a lot of potential in this offense, but it, it's unproven potential. And they've got to put it all together week one in Ann Arbor. And look, week one in Arbor, us as fans, I'm not even, I'm not even, I was going to, what I was going to say was us as fans can be okay and not go in there expecting to win and just go in and enjoy the experience. But fuck that. That's not how we do around Pirate Nation. We go in, we strap it up, tie those laces, put on the pads, and you go in and you you bang bodies. Look, as a, as a Michigan fan, ECU needs to go in there and throw the kitchen sink, Jared. That is the week one is the week you you throw everything you got. The playbook is wide open. There there are no restrictions in the playbook. None. There's absolutely nothing in the playbook that is not considered to be called. You throw it all out there in Ann Arbor. Absolutely. And you should absolutely go up there with the mindset that we're going to try to shock the world and win. Now, as ECU fans, don't be upset when we lose. Don't be naive. Don't be dumb. But, yeah, you should absolutely go up there wanting to win. Absolutely. But outside of that game, look, we could lose all three of the games against SMU, Tulane, and UTSA. ECU, we talked about last week, ECU has the hardest schedule in the American. But I don't think there's another game on our schedule that isn't winnable. I just don't. App State and Marshall, I think, are winnable. Yeah. I think they're winnable games. Absolutely. I And I, like I said, I think UTSA, Tulane, and SMU – you have a chance, and if you keep it close, who knows what can happen. ECU's played in a lot of close games in the last two years. Some they've won, others they've lost in heartbreaking fashion. Can ECU figure out how to win consistently in those close games? If they do, ECU's a top-four team in this conference. That, that's all I'll say. If they can win close games this year, ECU's a top-four team in the conference. Okay. But – um, all right, Artie, anything else on media day? That's a good breakdown. I like it. All right, cool. Let's uh let's move on. Let's talk about Charlotte. We talked a little bit about Biff Poggy, head coach of Charlotte. <laughs> um, he's the new head coach, has an Easter egg as his uh or as has an egg as his profile picture on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Charlotte's three and nine last year. They've, got, they've had one winning season in their nine years of FBS ball. Um, they went to a bowl game in 2019. They picked to finish last. We just talked about that. Lots of roster turnover. Had a lot of transfers out. Lots of transfers in. I'm not going to go through all of them. Let's talk about last year, though. Uh, uh, let's talk Let's talk about their schedule last year. I'm pulling it up. They Like I said, they went three and nine. Last year, um, they did have a win over. Let's see. You know, I, I, I will. I will say this about Charlotte, though, for a program that hasn't even been in existence for over a decade, they've moved up rather quickly. Like they've 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 definitely moved up rather quickly. For programs only have one winning season since they've been Division One, they they moved up rather quickly. Um, so. I'll give him credit for that, but not much else right. to go off. So in in conference USA, they finished two and six in conference USA. <clears throat> they lost to. All right, we'll go through their their schedule. At Florida Atlantic, started the season loss forty three to thirteen. Home against William and Mary, lost forty one to twenty four. At home against Maryland, lost 56 to 21. On the road at Georgia State, at uh, 
at Center Park Stadium, Old Turner Field, won 42-41. Then they went on the road the next week and lost South Carolina 56-20. Played UTEP the, the next week at home, 41-35. Off week at UAB, lost 34-20. FIU at home, lost 34-15. Rice beat 56-23. Uh, WKU loss 59 to 7. Middle Tennessee State loss 24 to 14. Louisiana Tech win 26 to 21. I mean, come on. You lost to William and Mary. You lost. I mean, you lost. They're, they're, they're the same as a William and Mary. Jerry, what are you talking about? They're not that good of a football team. You lost 59 to 7 to Western Kentucky. West Kentucky is a better football team, better program. I mean, I've been, we've been there. ECU's been there. Charlotte puts so much money into their, into their program now. That's why they're, that's why they're where they are. But like looking at it, I mean, look, Western Kentucky was a good team last year, but to lose fifty nine to seven, and we've been there. And then to be upset when you get picked to finish last in a new conference when you're taking a step up. I'm sorry. Charlotte, like I said, there, there's no chance. But I guess why, why even play the games if there's no chance? Um, so that that's my take. Already, Char- Charlotte, they're going to be the yeah, punching I mean, bag in the American they're, they're still a program that is trying to build something, right? I mean, they're not even a decade old. I mean, it's it's going to take time. I do I do like the hire, right? I, I do like the the former Michigan assistant coach. You know, who knows if he's going to be successful or not, but I do like the hire. I do think he's going to actually instill some tough, toughness, instill a culture there. Um, but it's going to take time. It's going to take years. Charlotte's not going to be good this year. They're not going to be good next year. Um, they might be okay three years from now. Like this, this is gonna take time. And right, they did a step up. Like they weren't good in Conference USA, and now they moved up to a better conference. So yeah, they're gonna be bottom of the barrel. They're gonna be they're gonna be at the bottom. They're gonna be there for a little while. But they are in a big market. They are in a big city. And if they do it right, they could be something in a few years. And I, they were listed as the easiest schedule in the American. I mean, if this is an easy schedule in the American, I mean, I guess it's not, you don't, you get to miss Tulane and uh, UTSA, but I, I don't think this is an easy, a necessarily easy schedule. You play week one at home, South Carolina state. Then you go on the road, play Maryland. Then you play at home against Georgia state week four. You're on the road. In uh, in the swamp at Florida. Mm. Next week you go on the road at SMU. Then you mm. have back to back weeks: Navy, ECU. Following ECU, they play Florida Atlantic, Tulsa, Memphis, Rice, and USF. So yeah, the back half of their schedule is easy. Front half not so much, but they get to well, miss. So they, they've got like the, four to five straight losses in those like the first six games. Yeah. So, I don't know. Just, just my two cents. Just thinking about it. Yeah, I. I don't know. Hey, I, I'm not. We don't, we don't hate Charlotte though. There's, there's no Charlotte hate because ain't nothing to hate on. Ain't nothing to hate about the the Forty ers So I did see one of their twenty six fans in Home Depot last week though. <laughs> I I love there was Charlotte was trying to start beef on Twitter with ECU talking about how they were going to fill our stadium. And we are like, I don't know. I was like, can't you, can't even, you can't even get like 10,000 in your stadium. How are you going to fill our 50,000? And, and truth be told, I've been, I've been to bigger high school football stadiums on a Friday night with more people. So Now, Artie, I'm looking at some of their future schedules. They, they got some decent future schedules on there. 2024, they play James Madison at home. Then they go on the road to Carolina. 
Then they play Gardner-Webb at home, and then they're on the road at Indiana. 2025 at home against Carolina, uh, at home against Monmouth, on the road at Georgia. 2026, home versus the Citadel, home against Ole Miss, on the road at App State, on the road at Louisville. 2027, at Ole Miss, home against App State. 2028, at App State. 2029, at Ohio State. Wow. Home against Appalachian State, on the road against James Madison. 2030, at NC State. Home against App State. 2031, home against NC State. That's how you do it. Non-conference has got to be brutal. Honestly, it's got to be. It's got to be brutal. You got to if you're trying to build a program. Non-conference got to be legit. Mm. Yeah, why don't we schedule Ole Miss? <laughs> now I want I want Tennessee over Ole Miss. I want I want Tennessee. Yeah. That's what I want. I want to go to Knoxville. I wish that I could be on Rocky Top, Rocky Top, Tennessee. Rocky Top. All right. Wide receivers. Are you, we've been going for a while. Let, let's let's go through this pretty quick. I let's mean, we talked about it. CJ Johnson, Isaiah Winstead, gone. Mm-hmm. Or you and I were talking before we hopped on. Isaiah Winstead. How in the world was he not even a second team all conference wide An receiver? An honorable mention? Like, are you fucking serious? An honorable mention for 88 receptions and 1,085 yards. And then, I mean, C.J. Johnson, 67 receptions, 1,016 yards receiving, 10 touchdowns. I mean, those were two of the best wide receivers in the conference. But ECU wasn't... Cincinnati, UCF, or Houston. They weren't Tulane. There's some kind of media bias against East Carolina, and I'll I'll forever believe that. Like the media hates us, and I don't understand why. 88 receptions and 1,085 yards is good for anybody in any conference, and the fact that he was an honorable mention – Oh my goodness! I mean, we we we've known this for a while now, but like to see it again is like, oh shit, that's right. He was only an honorable Mitch. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. So you lose the you lose those two. You try to replace them. Um, bring in two transfers: Keelan Robinson, transfer from Kansas, 6'2", 205 pounds. Chase Sowell, transfer from Colorado, six two, one hundred eighty five pounds. Um, I think I think Chase is going to be second string this year, uh, probably sitting behind Jalen Johnson. Mm-hmm. I would assume. Um, I think Keelan probably going to get the start um, in the slot. Um, you're also probably going to look at, like, Josiah Hatfield. Like I said, I think Josiah Hatfield has, has a – breakout year yeah. and then Jalen Johnson who at times I thought was going to be wide receiver one last year. I think Jalen Johnson solidifies himself yeah, as that number that. one. I mean, like so. ECU is, <clears throat> it's, it's been a wide receiver you for, for a long time. Right. And if there's one thing we know how to figure out, we know how to figure out wide receivers, but this is a year where I am a little kind of, Ooh, I, I just because you always go into it every every year, at least as long as we've been doing this podcast, we've gone into the season like, yeah, we know we're gonna have a stud right here, and, and we don't necessarily know that for a fact. We think Jalen Johnson can be, we think Josiah Hatfield could have a breakout season, um, but we don't know that for a fact that like we have in years past. Where we're like, okay, yeah, this guy's definitely gonna gonna put up some numbers, some, some video game like numbers. So, but if there's one room that I always have faith in at ECU is the wide receiver room. So I, I do think we'll be okay. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about the wide receivers. You'll fi- we'll figure it out. Um, right. Yeah, I mean we can talk about the depth chart, but there's so many of them. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. I, I'm not, we've been going for an hour. Let, let's uh, let's start wrapping this thing up. Um. All right. Other news. This has an impact on ECU. Jim Harbaugh suspended for four weeks, first four games of the season, including game one against East Carolina uh, for giving a recruit a hamburger for breakfast, something like that. Yeah. Artie, do you know more about this? It's he, he basically technically fabricated to the NCAA. He didn't come out and tell them the full whole story. He only told them half the story about him going out and, and you know, whining, dining a, a recruit with a hamburger. It's it's typical NCAA bullshit, but it, it is what it is. Jim Harbaugh's not going to be there for the first four games. It's not going to impact Michigan at all, in my honest opinion. But um, when whenever you don't have your head guy out there, I mean, it does impact you a little bit because you don't have your head coach out there. But, you know, to me, it's typical NCAA bullshit. For sure. Um, yeah. And then, I don't know. All I'm going to say is hammer the spread. <laughs> Facts. Hammer the spread. All right. Uh let's let's finish it up. Uh conference realignment. We won't talk about all of the stuff. The big yeah. one, Colorado, set to join the Big 12. Yeah. Already. Um we'll we'll see how that how that goes. Look, right. Colorado has three winning seasons in the last 20 years. Did you know this that? Yeah. But, I mean, historically, they're a great program. I mean, historically, I mean, this team has won a national championship. Like, they're historically a great program. So has Marshall. So has Marshall. <laughs> hey, look, they got Dion, though. We'll see. We'll see what Dion can do. We'll see what O'Prime time can do up there in Boulder. I don't know. He's either going to be the best coach and win the Pac-12 championship this year, or his team's going to go 0-12. Hey, hey, look, I was I was saying this before we got on, though. Make the American a true American athletic conference. Take it all around the United States. Pick up the scraps from the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 is dead. They're not going to be a conference. And let's just make it one super conglomerate American athletic conference. Welcome to this week on College Game Day, where we're watching Washington State play Florida Atlantic. Yes, come on, man! You can get you can get from coast to coast in six hours, man. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. Welcome into Monday Night College Football because now we're putting college games on Monday night too. <laughs> I mean, that's where it's going. Where Rice, where Rice takes on. Arizona State. Honestly, that might not be a bad game. They're close. Rice is in Texas. Texas is in the middle of the country. Temple versus well, Oregon's got Temple and Oregon State face off on a Wednesday night. <laughs> God bless. Why not? Why not, man? Look, you're gonna you're literally about to have USC and Ohio State as as a new rivalry. So why the hell not? Honestly, a good a good uh, rivalry, Navy versus uh, San Diego State. If San Diego State joins the the Pac twelve, Navy mm-hmm. San Diego State. Yeah, that'd be. Good. You know what, Artie? Why not? <clears throat> why not do this? You take the top half of the Mountain West, the top half of the American, and then the scraps of the Pac twelve, and put put together a, a conference. Put together a huge super conglomerate of, of all the teams nobody wants, and then we just quietly take over. Boise State, Air Force, Navy, Colorado. That's a that's a good call. San Diego State. That, San Diego State, Arizona, Ooh. Arizona State. Why not? That's a good conference. Oh, no. All I'm gonna say is conference realignment is gonna be continue to be a thing. And and East needs to step the fuck up. Think about that in baseball though, man. Natties after natties with that conference. Jesus. All right. 
Do you have a walk the plank? Let's get out of here. Yeah, I, I do have a walk the plank. I'm, I'm going to make it quick. Um, I don't know if you saw the story. Uh, uh, Florida A&M, FAMU, uh, they, they got into some trouble last week because they had a guy go into – I don't even know this rapper. He's not, he's not a well-known rapper. But go into the locker room and film a rap video in the locker room. Don't know how he got in. Don't know how he got credentials. And apparently he was with a bunch of players – but the coach came out and, you know, deservedly so, was pretty pissed off, suspended all football activities. Um, and so just a bad look for the university, a bad look for the program. Cannot have things like this going on. It's, you know, the, the, the locker room, it's, it's business. It's not play, play. We don't go in there and joke around, play around, whether you're getting strapped up and getting ready for practice or you're getting ready for a football game. When you get to that locker room, it's about business. All the outside bullshit is outside noise. So I definitely understand the coach doing what he did, but, to the, the the people that were involved in this in the locker room, walk the damn plank. Just not a good look for family. Yeah. Um, trying to think if I've got one. I don't know, man. <laughs> what? Jared doesn't have a walk the plank? I, I, don't, I don't have one. All right. Let's get out of here. Artie. I don't have anything else. Let's wrap it up. Hey, as always, Power Nation, until next time, wash your hands, wash your butts. Deuce. Peace.